Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weidrich. Howdy. Well, this is truly a special time of year for anybody who loves whiskey. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is just a few days out, and uh, I I know Dave and I have both been preparing ourselves Stocking the liquor cabinet. It's constant training, Noah. Constant training. It, it's sure. This is this is one of these holidays that definitely takes stamina and a little bit of knowledge and uh, some forethought as well. Absolutely, planning. We, we take St. Patrick's Day very here, very seriously mm-hmm. here. I mean, there were no green beer, no green bagels. This is this is a serious. Just green livers all around. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us on our special St. Patrick's Day. Episode is uh, a friend of both of ours, uh, Tim Hurley from Tullamore Dew. Thanks for, for, for joining us. It's brilliant to be here, and I'm really thrilled that you guys are taking your training so serious for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that you're even wearing green, not that our audience can see this. Dave and I are also in our uh, finest green outfits. Uh, I've so. got a leprechaun hat on. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it, but right, that but, is true. But uh, it is how I roll. Well, once March hits, like my wardrobe is back-to-back green. You brought us something delicious to drink. So what are we drinking today? So today I have our new release. It's the Tullamore Dew XO Caribbean Rum Cask. And mm. it's just come out to the U.S. It's triple distilled, so it'll have that smooth friendliness to it as well. Uh, but if it was just smooth and friendly, it'd be a little bit boring. So <laughs> we have our kind of calling card for Tullamore Dew. It's uh, element of grain whiskey, malt whiskey, and of course pot still Irish whiskey. And we'll age this in bourbon, sherry. But importantly with this, we'll finish it for four to six months in Caribbean rum casks. That will give you that kind of toffee, rum, rummy raisin notes yeah. and a bit of ripe banana to it. And uh, what kind of rum casks do you use? So it's from the Demerara Distillers in Guyana. Oh, very nice. I know you were uh, spending a couple of weeks in Ireland, um, I guess in, in the fall, traveling around on a, a very special uh, pub crawl and uh, history yeah. of... Of, of drinking in Ireland. Yeah, like the Irish pub has been something that's been pretty passionate for me for a while. Like it started off two years ago and did 50 states in 30 days looking for the best Irish pubs around America. Wow. It was a busy 30 days. There's quite a few pubs to see. Uh, and that's kind of manifests itself now in um, myself and uh, our friends from the Dead Rabbit, Jack and Sean, sure. were working on an Irish whiskey and Irish pub book. So to do that kind of work, we need to spend a decent chunk of time in Ireland. So we went in two phases, uh, once in June, once in fall, going to 112 pubs and over 25 distillery projects or sites. Uh, so we're putting that all together. And turns out there's some good pubs in Ireland to yeah. see. So what are some of your favorite discoveries from this? I got to take notes here. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and I have suddenly perked up. Yeah, yeah like it's you're looking at the different styles of pubs. Yeah. So, like I think growing up for me, I would have been very familiar with the Victorian style of pub. So that kind of tall ceiling, brass mm. mirrors, gorgeous wood, snugs, snugs exactly. Yeah. And I started to see a whole lot more spirits grocers, which depending where you are mm. in Ireland, some of them have died out. So for a spirits grocer that somebody hasn't seen one. It's a grocery store. There could be a hardware store, one side. And then the other side is a pub. Now, they're not separate. They're, they're one of the same. Like on a Friday night, right. you'll be 
standing amongst the hardware tools and you'll have your pints of Guinness and your glass of whiskey. I hope nobody gets their <laughs> hand nailed to the bar <laughs> Yeah, well, every we, once in a while. I was just saying, it makes doing chores a lot more you yeah. know, uh, appealing yeah. to me if you could sit at your table and be like, and uh, four pints and a half gallon of paint and uh, some nails. There's been that and there's everything from bakeries connected to it. There's undertakers. You got the one-stop mm-hmm. shops as well. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We just Let's rewind a little bit here. Undertakers? <laughs> that's a good pub. Yeah, yeah, that's a... So it's the dead center of the town. <laughs> Folks are dying to get into it. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh. Oh, we got more bad jokes if you want. Right. But uh, it's like if you look at the Irish wake, it is something that is part of our tradition. Right. So whether... Like we're a nation of brewers, distillers, and publicans. It's part of our life, and it even manifests itself... In, in the Irish wake, where we'll celebrate somebody's life uh, through drinking and toasting. Uh, but there are pubs out there. The one that I'm thinking of is uh, the Morgue in Dublin. And it was on a bad bend, and so much of a bad bend that uh, the Coroner's Act stated that you'd have to, the pub would have to take in the body into their cold room to preserve it until the coroner could arrive. <laughs> so wow. the, they're purely a drinking place. No food to be had. Uh, but the, it's... Probably for the, for yeah, the probably best. For the best. <laughs> probably yeah. for yeah. the best. For the provenance of those steaks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it's uh, you will bump into these the weird stew. and wonderful establishments. And this yeah. one, the Morgan Dublin, the stew. is also uh, an undertaker's as well as, wow. as well as a fine pub. And that, con- yeah. and that continues on today. Mm-hmm. like those. Uh, The undertaker yeah. element does. Uh, not, not so much bodies the in the cold room. Right. Did you go to places like the High B in Cork? The, the High B in Cork is fantastic. That's a yeah. fantastic. That's not. That's not a Victorian pub. That looks like it was put together in 1947 mm-hmm. out of old school supplies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lovely pub on the second floor. And originally a hotel bar, at the reception of a hotel. Yeah. Now there's like a hairdresser on the on the floor above it, and mm-hmm. you know. A language school beneath it, or something. It's, it's just it's the, very ca- weird. the tradition of uh, language school pub hairdressers. Yeah, yeah. You know, hairdresser pub. pub. Uh, did you get up to Belfast too? Uh, yeah, which Belfast really has some of the best pubs. Yeah. So the Duke of York is one of the best examples of a pub in Ireland. It's an Irish whiskey museum, wall to wall expressions, as many extinct as there is currently available. But when you walk in the door, uh, on your right, you'll see this plethora of mirrors, like. Um, Willie has, he's a bit of a collector. So there's paraphernalia <laughs> that he, his storage units that just store wow. all his mirrors, all his paraphernalia, and he'll take the best bits and pieces. Like even if you look at the ceiling, there's probably more on the ceiling than there is in most pubs' yeah. walls. So I it's mean, a really I, special I place. recall it as being a sort of a low ceiling, snug little place yeah. and, with it kind of goes back, you know, there there's... And areas those, that, yeah. that you don't see when you walk in. Those big wooden snugs are kind yeah. of my happy place. You know, yeah. that's, you know, to sit there all night and sort of a nice din of sound, but you can chat with friends and mm-hmm. have drinks. And what what's the great Victorian one? I can't remember the name of it. Queen's Head, something like that. Oh, the Crown. The Crown, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. which is all uh, these beautiful stained glass panels to mm-hmm. separate drinkers at the bar yeah. so that every two drinkers can kind of have their lean own. in and have mm-hmm. their private conversation without some other 
right. so and so <laughs> leaning in and listening to what you're talking about. So it's it's kind of funny. It's it's an, it's a unique design, but very beautiful Victorian. Yeah. That's kind of like the high Victorian uh, one. And snugs galore. I yeah. think yeah. there's maybe ten or twelve snugs in the and crown. Oversized ones too. Exactly. Very large. And beautiful. Like the, yeah. The whole history of the snug is like designed to be in privacy. Um, it was where business deals were done. It's where the cops or the clergy would go for a drink in uniform at a site. <laughs> uh, it was the first place women were accepted to drink in the bar. It's kind of like a hybrid, almost stool table, right? So yeah. it's, you know, in mm-hmm. America, we see you, Dave's written about this a couple of times mm-hmm. about sort of the stool and, you know, women not, you know, it just wasn't acceptable for women to sit at a bar, really, up until what prohibition, I guess. Yeah, really, uh, prohibition and repeal. No, uh, bars were for standing. We didn't have stools. That was uh, only for women. Were stools uh, brought in, and uh, because women weren't supposed to be able to stand at a bar, you know, it's a it's a question of stamina, I think. More well, and also, more than I think anything. one of these things to where it'd be like, well, sorry, we don't have any stools or seats, yeah, so, so sorry, women, yeah, you sorry, can't come women. in, you know. Yeah. One of my favorite snugs in Ireland is the Palace Bar in Dublin. Quite narrow at front. Lots of uh, brass, lots of carved wood. Mm. And then when you go back out the back, you have this big open opening area with uh, seats all across the back. And I always call that the conversation room. Mm-hmm. But you can easily walk into the palace and miss the snug on the right, just at the front of the bar. And that's a storied history snug. That's where I am. Um, President Mary Robinson, who is the first female Irish president, launched her campaign, it said, for president of Ireland and very successful. And even in the back, it's near um, in this conversational area. It's near where the Irish Times newspaper was. Yeah, that's where uh, Brian O'Nolan, a.k.a. Flan O'Brien, used to hold court. And one yeah. of the funniest men who ever lived, I think, if you've ever read his old newspaper things from the, uh, from the Irish Times in the 30s and 40s. He wrote them in, in English, sometimes in Gaelic, or sometimes in Latin. <laughs> it didn't matter, you know, and it was all just this social humor and satire. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very sharp, and he, he, was, uh, he, he was one of the, the, the wittiest writers Ireland ever produced, but he was a full-time working newspaper columnist. Amazing. And, and he used to hang out at the, at the Palace Bar was his. Yeah, it's where it was, you'd audition your stories, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the launch of the Cosarian Crossword, too. It was it's born amazing. out of the Palace Bar, uh, and it was, and it was then a weekly edition in the Irish Times. So lots of good work for the Irish Times done at the Palace Bar in Fleet Street, Dublin. What better place to do your writing, yeah. Noah? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave, I'm not paying for you to sit there. Oh come on! <laughs> I wrote a story a couple of years ago about sort of the health of the Irish Bar in America and. Mm-hmm. Sort of the traditional Irish bars, a lot of them have closed, you know, in New York and Chicago. and other, I mean, like, obviously things like the Dead Rabbit are prospering, but sort of like the neighborhood traditional Irish bars sort of been phased out. Mm-hmm. Do you think, you know, after your cannonball run across America and, and Ireland, is the Irish pub, like, it is, is it healthy? Like, are they still closing? Like, you know, are, are we in danger of... Of losing them and no i think it's been a big evolution like i think we probably got lazy with our irish pubs it used to be you know open up a wide square building stick o'neill's on the front <laughs> and off you go and now there's a demand for a lot more from your irish pub yeah. and you know in terms of beer selections or even when i first moved over you know i'd go into a pub in america and you might see 12 single malt scotches 
and maybe four Irish whiskeys. Oh, if you were that, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and that's now changed where Irish pubs are now making a statement about who they are in terms of their spirits and beer offering, but also bringing atmosphere and storytelling back yeah. to the pub. And I think any ones that are closing, you're also seeing ones that are coming on board that will kind of push the boundaries of Irish pubs, whether it's cocktails or just bring back that, reviving that old atmosphere. I mean, the ones I see that are opening tend to be a lot larger than the ones that were closing. They tend to be a little more elaborate with uh, promotions and, and sports stuff. And, you know, they've become more American, I think. The the ones that were closing, uh, that so many of them were just little neighborhood places. And once uh, the old owners died, like my O'Connor's around the corner from me in Brooklyn, the old owner was the uh, son of the guy who opened it in 1933. Mm -hmm. They had an original of the Irish Declaration of Independence on the wall. And, you know, when when when, when the owner I knew died, uh, his sons took over, and they really weren't very Irish at this point. You know, it was generations down the road, and they kind of let it drift away. And uh, now it got replaced by a new Irish pub out of a box that doesn't really have the same character, but... Uh, it, it, give it time. And that's the best thing about an Irish pub. It's There should be a story to every wall. You know, you right. mightn't get yeah. it at first glance, but when you dig deep, you know, the bartender will tell you the history behind that, and it's probably to do with some regular as well. It's all about friendliness, atmosphere, and letting the community shape the pub as much as the pub shaped the community. And I always think the best ones are narrow, they're tight, the bar yeah. is close to the door. Uh, I always like one with a window out front so you can do equal mm -hmm. amounts of people watching <laughs> as in and out. And also so you can make sure when, I, when it gets dark out to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I like my pubs in the daytime. Right. <laughs> I, that sounds like a Dublin House uh, on the Upper West Side, yeah. which is that beautiful neon harp outside, and it's mm. narrow and, you know, that sort of blonde wood. It doesn't, I mean, it's probably hasn't changed in uh, no, 60, 70 bar. years. and Yeah. They were maybe not the the most talkative bartenders there, um, but uh, or at all. Um, <laughs> you have to bring your own crack, as yeah. as they say uh, in Ireland. But, so yeah, that used to mean something different in New York yeah. back in the day. Probably <laughs> <laughs> more likely to find Irish crack now than yeah. Uh, yeah it's always crack. a problem for us when we're coming through immigration and we say to the immigration officer, "Any crack?" <laughs> kind of okay. slows us down a yeah. bit. Will you extend your uh, Irish tour uh, of pubs, you know, to other states or, or other countries, do you think? I've been fascinated with Irish pubs around the world and how they've kind of become a, an export item in a way. And we've always been a nation of immigrants and, and we've always been a nation of publicans, distillers and brewers. So we took what we knew. And I was in South America over the summer. I started off in Bolivia, a place called La Paz, the Dubliner, went to the world's highest altitude Irish pub. And on my next country stop, I stopped into Cusco, Peru, and I was curious to come across the same claim to fame <laughs> with the caveat of it being 100% Irish owned. So Paddy's in Cusco, Peru, it's a belter of a pub, and oddly enough owned by a guy called Gary, no, no reference to Paddy, and everything on the wall <laughs> is linked to um, Peru and Ireland connections. Oh, that's so, funny. So there would be... Are, are there any? I'm curious on how many of these are true, but he was... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, sorry. He I, was really good at uh, making the connection sound believable, mm, right. but he had this um, painting of a, a Peruvian Irish singer, 
So that was one example okay. that he had. And the big thing about uh, Irish pubs is like you always look for Guinness, let's say, or Irish whiskey. And he was importing it in himself. Like he had to mm. bring in the cans of Guinness through America. Was wow. when he's bringing them in. And like the most world's most expensive uh, pint of Guinness. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't blame it on the altitude. One of my favorite Irish pubs uh, in the world is 0% Irish owned, but it's called Morrison's. <laughs> it's in Rome near the Vatican. Uh, you walk in and it's just looks absolutely perfect. They've got tons of Irish whiskey. They've got tons of, uh, you know, they've got Guinness on tap and other Irish beers. Uh, they have uh, Irish bartenders sometimes, but the owner's name is Luigi, a.k.a. Gigi, and he knows everything uh, uh, about this stuff, but he's just completely Roman. And uh, the, uh, the kitchen is 100% Italian. Uh, because they're not going to really make Irish food because right, no. you know, they're Italians. Uh, and if you go throughout Italy, uh, Italy, uh, if you went in the 80s, there were no Irish pubs in Italy. In the 80s, late 80s, they started discovering these things. And suddenly every town has like three or four, if not more. And they're, they all kind of have the Irish behind the bar and the Italians in the kitchen. And it works out just beautifully. I was going to say, that sounds sort of perfect. It's I'm sort not going to lie. Uh, yeah, you get, you, get uh, you know, some really nice bowl of pasta. And, uh, right. you know, you get your pints at the bar and some lively bartenders. But, you know, the young Italians are starting to uh, to, 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 to fall into this uh, Irish way of uh, speaking English. It's very, it's very fun to see. <laughs> it's awesome. And it's not the only place that that has happened. No, uh, no. I'm working on getting myself there, but Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. Wow. Apparently has 40 plus Irish pubs. Oh, my God. Okay, um, that's a lot. Yeah, that, that is a lot. And... Like I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if all this research I've done on this is yeah. like somebody spoofing me, trying to lure me into going to Mongolia. But apparently, uh, there was a good chunk of uh, Mongolians working in Ireland during the Celtic Tiger or boom years. Okay, and when they decided to go home, their idea of just a good bar was an Irish pub. So they decided to bring it home, and you'll come across and. Um, the Grand Can Irish Pub, uh, the Dubliner, all this <laughs> kind of amazing. stuff. So like that's a amazing. glass of whiskey, a little yeah. bit of yak butter, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. hey, and mm, why like, not? It's all good. Yak well, milk shooter, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, it's become a concept for a lot of people. Like uh, the biggest group of Irish pubs in the world is uh, based in Russia. And it was just two brothers that were visiting a friend in Dublin mm-hmm. and he was hosting them taking them around the Dublin scene for pubs and their restaurateurs. They're like, we have nothing like this in Russia. Let's bring it over. And they brought over the concept. People enjoy it. They, they like the idea of it. They like the, uh, the, the warmth of it. You know, that's, uh, that's very important, though. Well, it's interesting because I think for so long, like, the Irish pub was sort of sacrosanct, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, like it, it would never change. And, like, it was usually run by Irish people. And... A lot of the customers were Irish. And now it's sort of changed where it's almost become more of like a fusion food, like anything else, where like the local culture is now, you know, whether it's Italian food or maybe something in, you know, Mongolia that they'll add special spice to the to the mm-hmm. pub. It's a mix of Irish culture and whatever the host country is, which in a way... Like, never really existed right. before. I mean, I remember New York Irish bars in the oh, 80s, yeah. which were very Irish <laughs> and really committed to enforcing that. One I used to drink at 
McSwiggins. They'd 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 pass the uh, you're making the dish. that name up. No, I'm not. It was McSwiggins <laughs> at Third Avenue and Twenty Second Street, and they would uh, pass the collection plate for the IRA. Oh, yeah. every every week, and you better put in. Did you ever go to Rocky Sullivan's? Do you yeah. remember that? And oh, yeah. I remember it was so Irish. This sounds like a joke. Yeah. How Irish was it? They had. I remember going there, and they had a rapper perform. And of course, she was Irish. Oh, that's like, it was funny. like an Irish rapper. That's just I, I mean, it was. There used to be so many. Eamon Dorans. He, right. he was the guy I think who missed his flight, and uh, and and ended up opening a pub in New York. These places were just so, like, deeply entrenched in in Irish traditions and uh, and really holding on to them. I mean, like McSorley's to some yeah. degree still is. And I think maybe it was different times where a lot. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. so many people were leaving Ireland and. I think you in New York, you had such a huge population of people who'd just come over and kind of homesick, and yeah. it was almost like these were the this was their little piece of Ireland, and now you know people yeah. go back and well, forth. Well, it's like a Little Italy more. back then was oh, actually abs- full of Italians, absolutely, <laughs> and now not so much. No. Well, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, happy early St. Patrick's Day to you. We'll uh, definitely be drinking uh, more whiskey today and certainly over the next week. Cheers. 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 Enjoy your potty's night. Bye, Chuck.